0: Eight. lovely 70 degrees out. I'm kidding. It's fucking snowing. Welcome to the Between Two Birds podcast. The date is February 21st, 2015. I'm your host, Cody Colston, and I'm Connor Garcia. And welcome again. Yeah, I'm uh, going to go down the list of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, baseball.
1: Whoa, Swartz.
0: Sprouts. We gotta have, we have, we have push that more. We gotta push Sprott's more.
1: Sprott's not named football.
0: Woo. <laughs> uh, Orioles signed Jason next to a minor league contract. Uh, Everett Cabrera is reportedly signed. Nothing is official yet, and we will talk about why Connor's mad. Uh, and Alejandro Deaza... Alejandro! ...has lost his arbitration case. Go figure. Uh... Baseball Prospectus names Orioles the 12th happiest fan base. I'm going to argue why I dislike that. Uh, MLB introduces their new pace of play rules and modifications to instant replay. We will be talking about that also. And finally, Scott Miller gives us a very intelligent reason on why Orioles manager Buck Showalter is on the hot seat.
1: Every seat Buck Showalter sits on is the hot seat.
0: Always and forever. Uh, just let's hop into it. Pitchers and catchers report. Yay. Excitement.
1: The most anticlimactic news ever.
0: Well, I mean, baseball baseball's season, back, but... It's, it's official. We don't, we don't have to deal with football for a while now. Uh, just, all right, let's hop in with the signings. The Everett Cabrera one is probably the most interesting of all of them. He, last year for the Padres, he played in 90 games. He had 391 plate appearances, three home runs. He hit uh, two thirty-two. His OBP is 272. It's He's meh. He's a poor man's Ryan Flaherty.
1: Which we already have in Ryan Flaherty. So there's Ryan Flaherty is no...
0: a poor man's Ryan Flaherty.
1: Yes. <laughs> there's literally no point to assigning... Because it's, it would be. I think it's like two million dollars or something.
0: I think it was like two to three was the reported uh, estimated one.
1: Which is way too much for a depth guy slash bench player. And when you have Jonathan Scope and Ryan Flaherty playing second base, you know, switching out or backing each other up, or I think Scope will probably be the main starter. There's no point in signing a guy like Everth Cabrera.
0: Yeah, I I always thought he was good with his defense in San Diego. I never really paid much attention to him, because it because it seemed like every like every week or so there was like a, a web gem or something with him. It seemed like he was a really like flashy shortstop or whatever. But I'm looking at his oozer, and it's horrible. He's always in the negative. Like there's nothing to it. I mean, the only time he's positive is when they play him at second base. He has a positive one oozer of one. Point .2, and only played 80.1 innings.
1: Which isn't the second base is like the easiest position in baseball. Uh, I, wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't say it.
1: Uh, I mean, you got the easiest throw to first, and all you have to do is cover the bag on a double play, and then there's like some cutoff rats you have to learn.
0: I mean, for the O's, it seems like lately the easiest position has been left field because we just plug and play and we're there normally.
1: We haven't had, the Orioles haven't had a consist- consistent left fielder since like
0: 1920, I think. <laughs> Back in the, uh, the,
1: the St. Louis Brown days.
0: Well, I, I was, there was actually a team in the 1920s that were the Orioles. There's the 1900 or- or- Orioles that became, I'm, I'm not even going to go into this. <laughs> but I think Buck probably had the best quote, if I can find it, uh, he pre- I'm going to paraphrase here. He pretty much said... Uh, he, he said, Everest Cabrera is a guy who needs a place, and we kind of have a reputation of being a place.
1: I mean, there's a lot of places.
0: Do we need to bring in the Johnny Cash song? I've been everywhere.
1: I've never heard one Johnny Cash song.
0: you got to have heard at least hurt.
1: I might have heard one, but I've never like listened enough to know who it was. <laughs>
0: Uneducated swine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't understand it, and it's not even official yet, so we're rambling over nothing. Uh, yeah, it probably won't even happen for the most part. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they, they said there was a few kinks that needed to be worked out. So who knows? Um, Alejandro Tejada. What happened to that? He lost his arbitration case. He was looking for I think somewhere in the range of five point five million. And the Orioles offered him $5 million. At two, well, was, I think they offered him one year $5 million. They wanted to offer him two years, but they went down to one year. And then he didn't want $5 million, He wanted five point five. so he took it to arbitration. And then he lost.
1: Poor guy. He's only going to make $5 million this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly.
0: On a guaranteed contract. He really doesn't even have to do anything. The Orioles, he could just, like, refuse to play or something, and the Orioles would cut him, and he'd make he, all that money still.
1: He can sit in the dugout, and play with himself, and be and make five million dollars.
0: Exactly, it seems like he's got expensive taste though, Because when you saw him at FanFest, he had like he had a really nice watch on. Like it was all he wore like black pants and a button-up or like that, and was, his watch was like like a silver or something. It was crazy looking.
1: It's like it would cost more than my tuition at college.
0: <laughs> it, it it probably costs more than how much this podcast makes. The yeah, there <laughs> Are uh, how much it costs to make. Let's put it like that. It's just, like, three dollars and some change. Whatever Connor found in his, uh, in his penny jar. That's what you, that's what to make this.
1: Whatever I make it work. In the two, in the two days I work this week. <laughs>
0: um, but the, the most interesting part I find about this is that we're technically overpaying for Dayaza. Um, because... I don't know how Baseball Reference does this, but they list a most similar batter to him as being Chris DeNorfia, who just signed for the Cubs at like $2.6 million. Now, to be fair, this is his first year out of arbitration. And that's that's why I kind of find arbitration stupid, is because you can only only go up. You can never go down. And it's if a guy underperforms, he's not really... He's still making more... He still gets a pay raise just because it's
1: arbitration. He- he played. That's like people saying, why did Chris Davis get a raise? He didn't do anything. Well, he has to. There's no other option.
0: Yeah. Although, I do find it interesting that for other similar batters, they also have Lou Ford next to him and Dion Sanders and a guy named Dick Williams. What a, what a dick. Dick Williams? Who yeah. Dick Williams. Uh, oh, he actually played for the Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Williams played for the Orioles.
1: (laughs) He probably played with Dick Hall. Uh, Oh, God. I I saw a conversation the other day talking about the Orioles Hall of Fame, and someone said, why is Dick Hall there? I was like, because his name is Dick Hall. (laughs) You cannot put a guy in the Hall of Fame when you have that name.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, In other news, the Orioles also signed Jason Nix to a minor league contract, question mark, question mark, question mark. A guy who played all of 41 games last season and hit 120.
1: Hey man, Norfolk's got to have players too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I just don't know. The only good thing about Jason Nix is that there's a weird looking picture where he looks like he's getting ready to murder somebody. That I'm probably going to tweet a lot this weekend.
1: When I Googled Jason Nix, the only pictures of him when he was with the Yankees was after he struck out.
0: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> Just throwing that out there.
0: He's actually kind of okay with his strikeouts. I mean, he's never played a full season, but he's also never got over 100 strikeouts. So.
1: Rob's. Well, no wonder the Orioles signed him. They got they got to turn that around. He's got to strike out more. (laughs) None of those good non baseball crap. No. You come to the Orioles for one reason, one reason only: to strike out.
0: Always, always be aggressive at the plate.
1: Exactly. Uh, Moneyball, moneyball. No, no. (laughs) Take a pitch. Get off the team. (laughs) That's why they. That's why they cut Robert Andino. He probably took too many walks.
0: (laughs) Uh, He probably did. Um... Oh, the rule changes. That's one thing. Uh, let's hop into that before we get. I dissect the, that baseball perspective article and why I disagree with it. Pace of game uh, changes that the MLB has announced. In case you live under a rock, we're here to give you the news. I guess um, rules state that the batter must keep at least one foot in the box unless an exception occurs, and then they list as. Uh, exceptions, and then they have uh, what I would say a loose timeline of things that should happen. It's 40 seconds, the PA announces batter and begins walk-up music. 30 seconds, pitcher throws final warm-up pitch. 25 seconds, batter's walk-up music ends 20 to 5... 20 seconds to 5 seconds, batter enters the box. 20 seconds to 0 seconds, pitcher begins motion to deliver pitch. Um... What else is there? Oh, it's... Oh, no! All these fines will be will be enforced through a warning and fine system, and they said that I think someone said that the, the highest amount of fine that they can give is five hundred dollars. <laughs> so
1: that, that is the dumbest thing ever.
0: They also uh, MLB also announced changes to instant replay, which would uh, be the. The biggest one being the manager has to invoke instant replay from the dugout. He will no longer be required to approach the umpire. Um, They can review whether or not a runner left the base early or properly touch a base upon a tag up play. And they now can challenge uh, violation of the home plate collision rules, which will probably be for the better. Uh, And that's it. Oh, and all these changes will be in. Uh, enacted in the new season, not the spring training. They will be enacted during the season. Which I, don't, I don't
1: care. Uh, not even to like try it out. Uh, I mean, I just can't wait for like the headline: are already fined $500 for standing on field too long. <laughs> It'll look like something out of like Jay Leno headlines.
0: Well, the good thing is that all fines will be—they making a notation, uh, All fines will be made as donations towards the major league baseball players trust charitable foundation so that's always a good thing i think that's what all fines go towards anyway in those i know the nfl that's what they do with all their fines they all go towards a, a charity or some sort
1: they'll go right towards the Roger goodell foundation <laughs> his his back pocket
0: <laughs> oh lord let's not even start that um opinion
1: Eh. It's good to have some pace of play, but to overkill it sometimes. Like, if they introduce a pitch clock, I am going to be furious.
0: Yeah, the pitch clock is probably the stupidest one. Um, also, the fact that they might still be banning the shift. If they haven't even really came clean on that, whether or not they're doing it or not.
1: Yeah, that... Well, that would, one, ruin the Orioles, because that's all they do. <laughs> and two, make Wayne Kirby's job pointless.
0: <laughs> pretty, it'd be demoted to Team Chef, which I would be... <laughs> I don't think they will be disappointed
1: in No, that'd be fine.
0: <laughs> I oh.
1: think they'd I think they'd be happier if <laughs> he was team chef alone, but oh. yeah, he has his role as um defensive like coach and you know he does obviously a great job.
0: Well I he does I thought he does uh, outfield shifts. I thought Bobby D- Dickerson is in charge of the infield
1: shifts. Yeah, Bobby Dickerson does infield, Kirby does outfield. That's
0: what I thought.
1: So they both do a great job. Um Windmill Bobby Dickerson.
0: (laughs) I wanted somebody to ask him that during FanFest. Ask him about that, that, that his nickname, the windmill. It's, I mean, I mean, when you compare it to uh, San Fran's old third base coach, he just retired, he would always send Posey. From what I've heard from fans say, he would always send Posey. If there was like a single and Posey was on second, he'd just send Posey. Always.
1: is that why he got hurt?
0: I guess I don't know. Mm.
1: There's a Twitter account called Booby Dickerson, and it says OG Bobby Dickerson, and D I C K are in capital letters. And I don't get it. It has four followers.
0: No, nice. there's one that's just called Send the Runner, and like his his it's a it's bo- the Abby is Bobby Dickerson waving someone in, but the best part is the the um the back the Twitter header is just windmills. Like actual, like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no, it's Bobby Dickerson when David Lowe fell over, and he's just like staring off into the distance. (laughs) He he tweeted, Hi, Dad, and it's like an old windmill. (laughs) (laughs) I love Bobby Dickerson, he's cool.
0: You just get to make fun of him like that. It's almo- uh, those are almost as good as the Dan Duquette, Dan Aykroyd. Um, and...
1: <laughs> My favorite was when the Orioles said Happy Birthday to Einar Diaz, and I have no idea what he does.
0: Oh uh, he's, he's like a bullpen coach, isn't he? Or
1: bullpen like assistant or something.
0: Yeah, because he throws like... BP. That's oh yeah, that's the reason we signed him. That was literally Buck's explanation. I remember that. He's like he throws good BP, so we got him.
1: <laughs> he threw um to Jones in the uh, home run derby, I think. And I remember the Orioles tweeted him, happy birthday. I was like, we out here, fam. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> I'm trying to find it, but all the tweets are about the Adam Jones face of the MLB bull crowd.
0: Uh, I'm not even let's not even talk about it. I don't want to even give that publicity, what little we actually get publicity. For.
1: Oh, Einar Diaz is the assistant hitting coach.
0: The assistant hitting coach.
1: <laughs> that dude's getting banked for nothing. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, moving on.
1: A <laughs> <laughs> riveting conversation about Einar Diaz.
0: I know, right? Um, what was it? Moving on. Uh, baseball prospectus broke down, uh, very loosely of the happiest fan bases. The uh, uh, I'll get into the how they broke it down in a second, but they pretty much it's they signed. Uh, there was a, they've signed numerical, uh, numerical numbers, that's what they They signed numbers to words that it was done in a research or whatever. And basically, Orioles are the 12th happiest fan base based on this study. And I don't...
1: Like, out of all 30 or just the AL? All 30. (laughs) Okay.
0: They're the 12th happiest. Um... I'll, I guess I'll just break it down. Basically, it was a study done, and they assigned certain numeric, uh, certain numbers to words based on how people use them and whatnot. And what this guy did was, he went to Reddit, I'll say it again, he went to Reddit, and he went to each team's subreddit, if you don't know how Reddit works, they have uh, different subreddits, you can create a subreddit, and each team pretty much has its own fan run. subreddit subreddit. And he went to each team's subreddit, and he took all the comments, and most of them from a one-month span, and he ran it through a program, and he got numbers based on the team, how fans commented and everything. And I'm going to break it down in a second. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Connor, before I, I, uh, I rip into it.
1: Um, just the fact that Baseball Prospectus is paying a guy to do this is amazing. <laughs> like, he's on the payroll, and making probably pretty good money to run words through a program off of Reddit.
0: Yeah. Um, Alright, I'm going, I'm going to go on what I, have, what I have wrong with this. First of all, he went to Reddit. He <laughs> went to Reddit. Like, even the Orioles subreddit was making fun of him. He's like, he went to Reddit? <laughs> he went to Reddit. And... I was I was looking I, he, he lists the, um, the, the list of words I went down I went there and I downloaded it and I don't really agree with all of them I first misinterpreted but then I read it and then it's weird how they do it I didn't really like it but there's like looking at this from like a scientific standpoint he has a really small sample size like MLB people want to talk about small sample sizes when it comes to statistics this guy did it a month.
1: From Jan- Reddit,
0: <laughs> from Reddit, January fifth to February fifth, that's the off season. That's like there's no in- activity. It would be more, uh, there would be more indication if you did it over the one sixty two game season. That would that would bring. I think that would have more to it, because one, first of all, it's the off season. Not too many people are going to be active. Two, it's going to be based completely on how the uh, team's off season goes, whether or not they're happy or not. 'Cause like uh, I think it the Cubs, the Cubs are like eighth on there. Yeah, their cubs are eighth. And I Yeah, guarantee ask them you during they,
1: the Go ahead. Ask them during the regular season how happy they are. Exactly. When they're, they're in like fifth off. place and
0: Yeah. And then of course the Giants are gonna be the most happy because they won the fucking World Series.
1: Yeah, the sample size is terrible and if my science teacher saw me doing this, she would fail me. Because that's bullcrap. crap.
0: Yeah, and like... Oh, I mean, this is probably right. The Rays are dead last. But... <laughs> 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 they don't have any fans. They don't have anything to go off of. But it, it's also skewed because, first of all, the, the how active the team's subreddit, it varies to subreddit to subreddit. Like, the Orioles, I think, have around 8,000 subscribers to their subreddit. Where if you go to, like, the Pirates, I think they have somewhere around 4,000. So, completely different... Th- there's two different numbers there where you have two different levels of activity on both ends and then it's the fact that it's an open forum so anyone if you're another if you're a fan of another team you can go into their subreddit and comment so that also skews the numbers like for example I went they had the Mariners had a game day thread when we played them this year and I went over there and I was commenting on that so I skewed the Mariners numbers it's I have a really big problem with this article.
1: Reddit. <laughs> Reddit.
0: He went to Reddit.
1: That needs to be like the catchphrase for um, baseball perspective. Like, J- like he went to Jared. No, he went to Reddit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he went to Reddit. <laughs> First mistake. You went to Reddit. Uh, moving on. Before I, I I get even more angry. Um, Scott Miller who, from what I take, a lot of people like it. He writes for a Bleacher Report. He did, kind of, uh, a starting spring training, like, all you need to know, yada yada, one of those hype pieces. And it's pretty much just full of lists. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I really hate people that just do lists. Even, I mean, I've done them before, but when you don't have any, like, substance to it, he did, like, a list and he wrote a, par- like, not even, I wouldn't even say a paragraph, it's a sentence for each point on his list. It has no meat to it, and then he just puts it out there. I, I first of all I don't like that, but here's the part that really kind of grinds my gears. He said five managers on the grill. He lists Freddie Gonzalez, Bud Black, Matt Williams, Walt Weiss, and then Buck Showalter. And his reasoning for Buck is, quote, one of the best in the business. The only reason we've listed in the in, the, in this in this is because he's never stayed anywhere longer than four full seasons. And after taking the Orioles job in August twenty ten, he's starting his fifth season in Baltimore. End quote.
1: Oh my god, my head just exploded from stupidness. Um
0: he literally could have put just cuz in that and it would have had the same amount of effect on him.
1: Well you know, you know Buck Show author's been here for five years and uh you know <laughs> Okay. First of all, anyone that mentions the Showalter, you know, goes somewhere and then he leaves and then they win thing is getting old because he's won his first playoff series here in Baltimore. He's gone to the playoffs two out of the three years, and the players love him so much to where if he left, they would suffer for it greatly. Like you can't just throw in like John Russell as manager and expect them to go to the play- World Series. No. If anybody's going to go to this World Series, it's going to be a team run by Buck Showalter. Yeah. And I got another problem with this. He literally listed Matt Williams when the problem for the Nationals is not Matt Williams. It's the fact that they're paying Max Scherzer way too much damn money. (laughs) Matt Williams is an okay manager who screwed up in the playoffs because he pitched Aaron Barrett and not Steven Strasburg. But that's beside the point. Um, He's a good manager. He won manager of the year. Showalter's a great manager and probably the second best manager behind Joe Madden. And so,
0: I I I disagree with the Bud Bud Black point too. He's considered like one of the best managers in baseball. The only reason he's his team has literally sucked. It's been his team. Like I know we make that excuses that the you know the team sucks and he's good. Bud Black is really a good manager. His team is just blows.
1: Yeah, they don't put a. Product on the field for him, and he, that's all he has to work with. Yeah, they're finally giving him a product to work with. So obviously, there's going to be a little bit more expectation, but I think he'll be able to handle it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say he's on the hot seat. You're, you're, it's a, it's the first year with a brand new lineup. You don't know how well things are going to mesh. I think he's given at least two years. I don't know. That's the problem I have with this article in general. And first, and like speaking within the division. Girardi and Gibbons, I would say, are on the hot seat this year. Yeah,
1: if Joe Girardi misses the playoffs, it'll be the third straight year
0: yeah. the
1: Yankees miss the playoffs. And if, jo- and if George Stenberner George- is still alive, yeah, and if George Stenberner was still alive, he'd be fired. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then Gibbons, ever since he's got there, the the Blue Jays have technically underperformed because ever since they traded for all those big pieces and Jose Reyes and all those guys, you know, expectations have been you know sky high for them, and it's just they've underperformed. They haven't made the playoffs.
1: They literally have a team with Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, um, you know, young pitching staff. Well,
0: Donaldson wasn't there last year.
1: Well, he's going to be there this year. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. That is amazing. I mean, you got Bautista and Encarnacion. They're two great leaders. A young, solid pitching staff led by Mark Burley, who isn't young, but he's a good veteran.
0: Um, um, they have that that new guy coming up. Who is it? Um, I can't remember his name. Is McGowan or
1: not Dustin McGowan?
0: No. Who is who's, the, who's that big pitching prospect that's coming up? I can't. Names on Aaron three. Sanchez, Stroman. Okay. Stroman. That's it.
1: Yeah, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, he's amazing. He's um, they're like, I don't know how to describe him. But it's... It, uh, it's he's it's our, he's your top-pitching where... prospect. Yeah, and if, go ahead. <laughs> if Toronto doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think John Gavins is going to be fired. It's because special. they're
0: too good. Sorry, I keep on
1: unpotting. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. They're just too good of a team now. With um Stroman having a full season, a solid third baseman and Donaldson coming over, trading for Saunders, Dalton Pompey coming up. They're too good to um, not make the playoffs, honestly.
0: Yeah, and then the, then there's Beaston is on the hot seat technically too with all this stuff about Dan Duquette and uh, uh, the owner not liking Beaston or whatever. It's 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 crazy.
1: We you think Baltimore's a mess? We <laughs> go north of the border, why don't you?
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. All right, is that is that all we have to say on that?
1: One last thing um, about the Bleacher Report thing. He literally writes for Bleacher Report, so that's the first problem I had with that.
0: Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's. Uh, I try not to do that because actually, one of the favorite, one of my favorite writers is Matt Miller. He does the draft for Bleacher Report. And he's really smart, so I don't try to judge a book by its cover. There. So.
1: Well, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, not everyone's gonna be the same, but the only thing I have against Bleacher Report is they literally do PowerPoints, kind of. <laughs> it's true. And I feel Slack like I'm back shows. in high school. Slon shows, yeah. I feel like I'm back in high school, so.
0: Uh, Oh, wonderful. All right, we're going to move on to the point on the show where we have our hate of the week where we pick uh, who gets our uh, hate for this week, who we feel have done the the, the stupidest or most outlandish or whatever things uh, we think. And they get are unbiased or oh, Words on the tip of my tongue. I can't speak today, but they get our hate pretty much. You want to go first, Connor?
1: Um, okay, I'll start. And it goes back to the Twitter, oh, the tweet, Lord. the tweeting. Um, it's a guy by the name of Steve Molesky. Oh, God. He covers the Orioles for MassinSports.com, and, and that's strictly from his Twitter bio. He kind of does, like, the minor league reports and follows, like, okay. the Bay Sox and all them. Um, he's been, you know, a little bit under the radar today or not under the radar, but in focus because he tweeted, um, and I quote, uh, what was the first thing he said? I think it was,
0: well, if you're going to quote him, you should have the tweet in front of you. <laughs> yeah. I think it
1: was something like Britain and you're paraphrasing. Till, Britain and Tillman were watching, um, see, I'm trying to find it, but I'm really I'm dropping the ball here. Wow. Um, he said Britton and Tillman were watching Hunter Harvey throw a bullpen, and you can't put a sabermetric stat on that. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and then he said, um, he says something else about sabermetrics. He said, don't some of you saber guys see that by totally just counting chemistry, confidence, and teamwork, you play to your stereotype. Here's the thing I have to say about that. Oh, Lord. Sabermetrics are one way to look at baseball, and team chemistry and those little, you know, grit things are another way to the look eye at
0: test, it. test, as I like to call it.
1: Yeah, the eye test. Yeah. If you fuse them together, they work great together because you can look at one thing and have one look at another thing and get a full opinion instead of looking completely at stats or completely at an eye test. To where, like, if you get got an eye test for say, Alejandro De Aza, you'd think he's a solid player. You look at his stats, they don't tell the same thing. They're going to say he's a little bit of an underperformer, overpaid, you know, for his, like, playing level, but it equals out to him being a average kind of player. If you look at saber completely, he's not that good. If you get an eye test, you think this guy can steal bases and, you know, play solid defense. And, like, Adam Jones, it's even more... You know, big because every eye test. Sabermetrics
0: do not like his defense whatsoever.
1: No, Sabermetrics hate Adam Jones, but he's a, he's a great player.
0: He's and a, a lot of people. Yay. A superstar. Uh, quotation um, marks. Quotation
1: marks, superstar.
0: Citation needed.
1: <laughs> superstar, a player who. Uh, anyway, Sabermetrics hate Adam Jones' defense, but he continues to win gold gloves every year. Why? Because the eye test tells more than. The numbers do for Adam Jones because he takes weird routes to baseballs. and um, you know He'll have that one little drop every now and then, but he's still a great defender and a great baseball player. Sabermetrics don't like him. So you got to fuse the two together to get a complete opinion on a player. You can't just go off of the eye test and say, this guy's amazing, and you can't just go off Sabermetrics and say, oh, no, he stinks. You got, it's got to be a combination of both, and I don't think Steve Molesky grasps that idea. He just goes, hey, these young folks and their numbers. Back in my back in my day, we didn't have war. The only war we had was when we sent the troops out, you know. <laughs> no, I literally had a good tweet, and I was. I saw
0: that. Steve- I know. I know. We're not have- gonna have him on the show whatsoever.
1: <laughs> oh well, I said, is Steve Mallesky still on the war path against Patriots? <laughs>
0: hmm. <laughs> He's leaders. never. He, he's gonna
1: come on the show and just like, <laughs> darn, we're not gonna have a guy from Massim on the show.
0: Uh, uh, what little credibility or what little bridges we had, you just burned. Up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I do like your reports on the uh, minor league teams, but stick to
0: stick to minor leagues.
1: Stick to minor league teams. There's no metrics for them. Well, Well, there is, there is, there there just...
0: You're right, so, yeah, he's good on that. Yeah, that's perfect for him. Um, I really don't have a hate of the week, unless you count A-Rod's handwritten apology, which just seems, just screams, screams, douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, I, I don't even know where to start on that, it's just Horrible. Horrible.
1: My, here's my thing on a rod i grew up he was good so i like to watch him i grew up more found out more about him I was like steroids and all the stuff so I was like uh, oh, come on and then um finding out more about him is just you know i've always loved to watch him play he's not the best off the field personality to follow but I will defend him to the point where he is a good baseball player, but he's not a good person. <laughs> like he lies about he. I don't know if he lied about the steroid thing, and it keeps like kind of the stuff come out. Like he thought Tony Bosch gave him. Um,
0: it's, it's it's just a shit show. I think we can leave it at that.
1: Yeah, like he's a good baseball. He was a good baseball player in Seattle and Texas, and I think New York ruined him. Honestly,
0: probably the. It, what I found funny was that someone actually, like, someone, I don't believe in this, but people say you can, like, understand someone by how they write. Like, they can analyze your handwriting. And someone actually did that with Arod's handwritten apology. And it was just, it, the things that were said, it was hilarious. Because it was, someone said that he is, um, uh, he has unnatural, uh, sexual feelings or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't know how you get that from somebody's handwriting.
1: It's the handwriting saber metrics, obviously. <laughs> of course, you don't get them.
0: We need the eye test on Arod's handwriting to really be sure.
1: Yeah. It just seems gritty to me, you know?
0: <laughs> it's a real gym rat.
1: <laughs> Who, who's the big one? I think it's Kirk Gibson for the Diamondbacks, if he's still with the Diamondbacks.
0: It's, oh God. I, I, it's, it's because sports commenting has become a parody of itself, I mean, and any white guy in the NFL that plays a skill position is a gym rat and gritty. Really, that's that's it. That's the that's.
1: Or any black quarterback has to be compared to Warren Moon right away. <laughs> or any you know um, black NFL quarterback is a, is a runner. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, because.
1: Because I'm referencing 42 here, they have the extra heel bone.
0: Oh, wow. No, I'm ending. All right, all right. We're going to go to intermission. No, I'm kidding. We'll be back with Raven's news and discussion.
1: (laughs) I love everyone.
0: Yes, there might be a, a little bit of confusion at those last seconds. My colleague here was joking. I cut him off before he could finish the joke. Please do not send us hate mail or uh, uh, harass us on social media.
1: Please yeah, the bo- th- the thing behind the joke was, if you've ever seen the movie 42 about Jackie Robinson, one of the, like, the baseball writers in part of the movie was like, well, you know why black people are faster, right? It's because they have an extra hillbone bone. And then he hits like a home run and the guy turns to him and goes, is that his extra hillbone? bone? <laughs> and it's just like a reference, like, oh, why are they different? Because they aren't really. So it's just like a little play on words kind of thing. You didn't hear that. No, I didn't. Um. So <laughs> it, there's nothing, there's like no meaning behind it at all. I don't view any person any differently. So I'm um, <laughs> just going to, just going to throw all that out there now so we can get it out of the way.
0: Thank you, Connor, for making us make disclaimers.
1: It's not probably not going to be the first time. I'm gonna, well, hopefully, it's the only time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's go- there's going to be more. There's unfortunately probably only, the only the only thing we don't condone that type of thing on this podcast. The only thing we do condone is bad jokes and hot takes.
1: All the hot takes. Yes. yes. No racism. All hot takes.
0: All hot takes. Uh, we're gonna jump right into uh, pop culture corner. Part of the show where we talk about what we have been doing, playing, watching, etc. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go
1: first? Uh, you can go first this time.
0: Uh, I've actually been doing quite a lot. I, um, I recently bought Rocksmith, which was a game, I to say game loosely, because it's more like a, a teaching simulator for... It, teach, it teaches you how to play guitar and whatnot, and I have a bass guitar that I picked up in god knows how long. And I bought the game because I wanted to get back into playing it, and I just started uh, the other day. It's pretty good so far. I like it. They've, a lot of people said that, like, you know, if you want to learn how to play guitar, this is a great spot to start whatnot. So, definitely, definitely, I'm, I'm going to get into that. It's always good for me. It was just so... All together, it was expensive because they put out a version... You didn't hear that either. If you heard it at all. My phone just went off again. <laughs> a version in 2011, and then they put out another version in 2014, which is pretty much the same game, but uh, it's whatever. Um, what else have I been doing? Uh, a few games not really worth mentioning. Uh, uh, hmm. I, I have really been doing much. other than that. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Here you go.
1: I'm um, sure. So this past Valentine's Day weekend, oh. a movie a movie came out. You may know what movie it is. You may not. It is called the SpongeBob movie. No, um, it's Fifty Shades of Grey. And if you don't know what that is, um, where have you been? So basically, I'm pretty sure you know what the meaning of the book is. And if you don't, um, here's a little quick summary. There's a guy, he runs his corporate, he runs his business. He's like the CEO, his name's Christian Grey. He falls in love with this woman who comes in to, come, to do an interview with him, but he's not in love with her. He wants to have a lot of sex with her because she's attractive and he doesn't do like relationships and love and all of that. So, and he's into um like toys and handcuffs and all that kind of stuff. So... That's, like, the basis of it. And I saw the movie, and it is probably the worst movie I've ever watched. The acting is bad, and I think it's, like, the first time I've ever seen these people acting in anything. And they made everything awkward. They uh, casted a girl who has, like... It was awkward to stare at her nipples, not because it's looking at another person's nipples. It's because they were square. (laughs) They were so weird to look at, and I couldn't take her serious. Um,
0: I mean... The, the book, it, I've I've read quotes from the book and it is, I've, it's just god awful, from what I've heard and oh well, from what I've seen, because I, I said this earlier, he, she literally calls her um her vagina her sex.
1: I mean, don't we all?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I touch my sex at night too, but <laughs> and and then um it's. God, and then he, she says things about her inner goddess, like, I just, I don't even know what to,
1: and I saw the movie with my girlfriend, and she literally turned to me, like, every five, ten minutes, she goes, that's not in the book, that's not in the book, that's not in the book, and I just kept making fun of it the whole time,
0: because it was, I don't was... know, I don't know what's more disturbing, the fact that she read the book, or the fact that she knows it well enough, that she can tell you whether or not something's in the book or not.
1: Well, she just recently read it, like within the past like two weeks or something. So, Okay. She, it wasn't like she read it like two years ago and the, remembers yeah. every single word. I'm, I'm not,
0: I'm not, and I'm not even joking here. There's a line in the book where he says, where where Christian Grey literally says, "I've come to claim your ass."
1: He never said that in the movie. I don't think.
0: It's in the book. It's in the book. That's the only thing that matters when it comes to adaptations. Whether or not it's in the book, in, the book is canon book is more canon than the movie is end of discussion (laughs) i've been over this with people before if you haven't noticed
1: yeah and the back and the fact that it's basically twilight fan fiction makes it even more unprofessional and dumb so that's what i've been up to um just i mean i listened to the drake new the new drake mixtape and it's actually really good um
0: Oh yeah, yeah My, my buddy was listening
1: to the, the other day. I was with him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he put out a new mixtape. Um, actually, really solid. I do like Drake's music, but he can be a little bit of a whine, like a little bit of a whiner sometimes. That's probably
0: but, under uh, understatement. But yeah, <laughs> he
1: does. He does. He does put out solid music, and it's actually pretty good. So you can check it out. It's on like Spotify and iTunes, or I don't know if it's on iTunes, but it's on Spotify. So
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, I don't think if I have missed anything, because I, I feel like I'm missing something. It's probably, I probably have. Um, yeah, I'm just going to run with it. Screw it. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Ravens news. It's not because it's the offseason, the biggest thing being the Combine, which I fucking hate. I hate watching, the only thing I like about the Combine is like seeing who's 40 time was the fastest. That's it. Um, but... Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna be serious for once on this show hopefully we can be serious um and we'll be more respectable uh <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, we'll try
0: we'll, we'll try I can't say this with a straight face but Ray Rice issued a formal apology and he put it in the Baltimore Sun this was a couple days ago it's we're behind the curve we know whatever so us oh, god damn it I'm not even being serious about this um uh I'm not gonna read it verbatim because it's long and just uh, just because it's long and you you can find it out there um but he pretty much apologizes and it's it personally it sounds so forced it's it's just it just sounds like some a PR guy wrote it and it
1: it doesn't help the situation at all for me honestly
0: No it doesn't um. It's, the thing about it is, is it's, so, it's so close to the, um, the NFL veteran combine, which they're having in, uh, I don't know when it is, I think it's soon. But it's basically a combine for all the veterans to work out, and they'll have a scout from every team there, have them look at them, see who has, what left in the tank. And it's so close to that that you can't take it seriously. You just can't. Um, that, that's really all I have to say about that.
1: Um, you know, it looks just like some forced apology that his PR guy wrote, yeah. even if he ha- if he has any PR people left. Because um, I really don't see him sitting down at a computer typing out that kind of apology or sitting on his phone or doing whatever. Um,
0: well, I can see him doing it. It's just the other things taken the fact, it doesn't seem like he wrote it.
1: And just... Uh thing that made me mad about it is he called it a mistake when so many people have called it a mistake and I hate that people call it that because yes they were intoxicated but you should never hit your wife you should never hit any human being it's not a mistake it's your own damn fault and you need to and he's taken accountability for it which is good but don't refer to it as a mistake domestic violence is not a mistake it is a serious problem and I'm just the whole thing depresses me to no end.
0: I I don't think anybody likes it. So um, I, no, I, I don't. I don't. It's... I don't want to jump into the, the whole argument with just talking about that because it, it's honestly for me it's over said and done with. Let's leave it in the past where it belongs, but use it as a teaching tool, as I like to, as you know people like to say you know use the past to to improve the future. So. Uh, anything you have to add before we go on just
1: I'm done with talking about Ray rice forever basically um same um, move on
0: <laughs> the biggest thing I find uh, well the biggest thing to me coming out uh, this past week is the fact that the cap is actually going up more than people expected it's very interesting uh, the last year the base cap was 133 million and it's going up 10 million to 143, which is, well, it's supposed to be between 140 and 143, and that's at least a million and a half more than people, than it was projected to by league officials and whatnot. Um, Salary cap's really not that big, I wouldn't say, anymore. I mean, of course it's big, but the fact is that you have that cap rollover now, where teams that don't, you the, the space people don't use from last year rolls over into next year so it's not okay. like it, it, the cap is different for every team so it's it's not, I don't I don't know how to say it um, it's just not important anymore I mean, cause it's different for every team and if you play your cards right you can have like a big cap one, a lot of cap one year and you know, you pretty much have your own destiny when it comes in terms of money in the NFL now. That I don't know, but,
1: but you can basically set it up to where you have like a low cap or you have a lot of cap room, but you're not spending a lot of it and it keeps rolling over and over. Well, like, no, it kind doesn't of like do that.
0: that, it's only from last year, from what you didn't use the year uh, before it rolls over into the next year. It doesn't oh, okay, stop okay. piling.
1: Is that why, like, the Raiders can go after one big contract every like three or four years?
0: <laughs> well, that's a big. I think. Um, I guess. But like, uh, what is it? The the Jaguar the Jaguars were the, the b- biggest least spenders as they had twenty six million left on their cap from last year, and it rolled over this year. And their cap is one hundred and sixty four from the base one forty three, which is expected to be. So, that's like pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, so it's like kind of like a little way to set up for to have a little more space to probably sign some guys and yeah yeah.
0: It's just I, I I'm not uh, if, if 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 you want real like cap breakdown, my best suggestion is Brian McFarland over at Russell Street Report because that man is a godsend. He uh, he he kn- he knows what he's talking about pretty much. If you want an in-depth analysis on Ravens cap, go to him. Go to him. That's all I can recommend. You can just come here for uh, hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes.
1: Hot takes. Um, the more I
0: hear about Cap Room, the more I'm glad baseball
1: doesn't have it because it'd be another added thing that I would never understand.
0: Yeah, money is always always a... Well, it, well you still deal with money in baseball because what was it? Um, the big, one of the big things with Cano... The big thing from state to state is uh, tax. How much taxes get taken out. That was a big thing with Cano signing with Seattle. Uh, a year or so ago was that he doesn't have to pay any taxes. I don't think on his salary.
1: Neither does on Max Scherzer in DC. Yeah. So. In New York, there's a lot of taxes. So.
0: And I think there's like no tax in Texas. I think. That might be it.
1: Uh, if they ever put a team in Delaware, man, they're going to get all this. <laughs> they're going to get all the players.
0: I thought that's just sales tax. I've never been to Delaware. I can't really tell.
1: I don't know. I just know a lot of old people move there because they don't have to pay tax on schools because they don't have kids in school. Um, I don't know how like it actually goes, but because I'm not like big on it, it's you can literally add taxes to the list of things I will never ever understand. Uh, oh, along with like Bitcoin, um, how M- Mark Hendrickson still has a job in baseball <laughs> and NFL salary cap.
0: Bitcoin's, like, if you want to get in-depth with Bitcoin, you're never going to understand it. But Bitcoin, as general, it's pretty easy to understand. It's a set value for each coin. It's kind of like how much the U.S. dollar is worth over in... It's basically another form of currency. It's like how much the U.S. dollar is worth in euros. Bitcoin is worth so much in... One Bitcoin is worth so much in United States dollars.
1: But it's just, like, money you can use online, or...?
0: Uh, it's... You can exchange it online. There's different websites that let. You... Oh, God, I don't want to explain Bitcoin. This is a sports podcast. I'll explain <laughs> it to you once we're done here. Okay. <laughs> if if you want to learn about Bitcoin, uh, don't go, go, go to
1: go, go to Google.com and type in that bar. What is Bitcoin?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Which
1: I'm too lazy to do.
0: Use use your uh, degree in the University of Google. That that always works. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is going to be a really short uh, football part because there's not much. Uh, football news I don't we don't really go as global as we do when we talk about Orioles because global football news is kind of boring in my opinion the biggest thing was I think this week was the Chargers and Raiders agreed that if they can't get their respective um, respective cities to have a deal for a new stadium that they're both moving to a joint stadium in LA I
1: think that would be perfect honestly they because it's
0: the thing is, though, is that they can't play in the same stadium because they're in the same division. That's, like, a bylaw. They would have to switch divisions.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, eh. You can basically switch, like, the Chargers and the, like, someone from the NFC West. Like, the I, don't, I wouldn't switch out the 49ers. But you could switch out, like, the Cardinals. You can always do that. Um, but
0: the, the thing is, though, is that with the AFC West, that's the AFC West, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The... There's a lot of longstanding rivalries like that like the Raiders and Broncos have big rivalries. so does San Diego and LA and so does the, the Chiefs and Chargers. like there's a lot of big rivalries in there. you don't a lot of fans don't want that broken up.
1: Yeah, it's true. I oh, don't know and
0: you can't you can't really mess with the NFC West because Seattle's at their peak right now. you don't want to NFL doesn't want to mess with that. They're big so, rivals I, with the 49ers so you can't move the 49ers either.
1: And 49ers and Rams and
0: yeah. Cardinals and all them, yeah. So, it's it's just a big, weird... Uh, I don't know. Like,
1: like the joint stadium idea would be great, but the only thing holding it back is the division thing. Yeah. Like Because it's, it's worked out good for the Giants and the Jets.
0: Yeah, pretty, for the most part, I mean...
1: Just throw them into into New Jersey because there's no room in New York. <laughs> that, that's what that's what everybody in Jersey New York does. Jersey Jersey B. Yeah. I saw this... Do you, have you ever seen the guy that goes to the NFL draft and, like, records the people and asks them questions and all? He's from, like, Boston. Uh, I've probably seen
0: it once or twice.
1: Oh, well, he ran into this, like, Buffalo Bills fan. He's like, oh, I hate the Giants and the Jets because they don't pay taxes in New York. And he goes, I didn't know I'd run into the Rent is Too Damn High guy at the NFL draft. <laughs> He's, like, the only Buffalo Bills fan there. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, we're going to gonna we're gonna move on to to, to the Combine. That's I hate the Combine. It's just such a hyped up and overrated type deal that I I don't even know where to begin. Basically the big headline for the Combine is the fact that Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are throwing. And first of all, it the I the throwing at the Combine thing is so dumb. Because personally they shouldn't have that. Like, they shouldn't throw. Like, you can only go down from throwing in the combine, so that's why a lot of them don't do it. There's no reason to do it. The only reason they people actually do do it is because that it's like I don't know against I guess a sense of pride that I can throw in front of the combine and not have to worry about my draft stock falling. But the whole I the thing is that they're throwing in a contained environment, and for me that doesn't measure anything. Like, if you want to look at someone's arm strength, there's film for that. You can find someone's arm strength very easily by looking at film. You don't need to watch them do it. If you want to see how they react under pressure, there's only one way to do that, and that's by watching film. There's If you want to find out how someone throws, there's film for that. There's, there's no need... For a lot of that quarterback stuff at the Combine Because you can look at film It's the same thing with a lot of stuff The only really big things you want are like Your speeds, your verticals Your interviews, those are the big things in my opinion You want to know the guy's character That's a huge thing that the Combine has um, Maybe the bench press And like footwork For linemen mainly, I would say um, And maybe catching For wide receivers That's a bit iffy with me 'Cause I can I can see the both the pros and cons for that, but you don't know how a guy is going to, to how he can you don't you, at the combine you can't figure out if a guy is going to be able to hold the catch the ball and take a big hit at the same time.
1: I feel like the NFL Combine works. It's just like a drills training kind of thing, which it really is. That's all it's and is. and if you invest like so much into it, you're gonna be you're gonna fail. Um you know, you can take into account like their time on the 40, um, their vertical and stuff like that. But that's really kind of it and how much they like bench press and stuff like that. If you're going to really judge a player based on how they catch a football in a dome with no defenders on them or how a player throws a ball with no pass rush or um, like real threat, you're not going to get any good results. You're going to get how fast a guy can throw a football.
0: It's also without pads on either, like especially with the 40 time. A guy is going to be heavier when he does his 40 time with pads on.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, I, I get why it exists, and personally, I think the only reason that it's still around is because people watch it and they make money off of it.
1: The, the sad part is people watch it, first of all. Like, people literally turn on the TV and watch it.
0: Well, there was, I saw someone on my, on my Twitter feed say that, you know, I'm going to, oh man, I got a DVR, the combine, that's going to waste like 20 or like 7 hours or something weird like that. Like, you're
1: wasting seven hours by even watching it, first of all.
0: Yeah, I just... And look, it's not even that. All the results are available online now. You don't even yeah. need to watch it. You can, like, if you... And if they're probably all available in video form, too. So if you want to see somebody's throwing session, oh, there's probably a video for it. If you want to see somebody's for your time, you can sort it from fastest to slowest. It's...
1: You can literally probably search blah, 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 combine doing vertical and find it immediately it's the dumbest It's like watching um pfp drills in baseball
0: yeah it's just Ugh.
1: like like watching any type of drill in sports it's the dumbest thing ever like i can understand a full practice like training camp or spring training or like uh like a hockey practice but that's really it because i'm not going to want to sit around and watch guys you know, it's only runs. fun
0: if you're there in person, anyway. Like if, like i like no one will watch batting practice on TV, but if you're at the stadium, you want to see batting practice.
1: Yeah, batting practice is the best part for some people because um they're actually there. Yeah. Or like um, spring training, oh PFP drills and all that's kind of boring, but if you're there watching, it can be a little bit interesting.
0: And. It- I, I, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch off the combine and uh, talk about, you know, some of the mock drafts for the Ravens, but, I, I don't, I like Mel Kiper, and I'm kind of biased with this, because Mel Kiper is started in Maryland, and that's kind of the main reason I like him, is because he, he's a local guy, and, I'm, and, and anyone who doesn't know who I am, I'm big on local pride, <clears throat> but, it's, I don't know how he has a job, because his board is always bad, it's always, like, someone did uh, um, a, th- uh, a comparison, like, if his final board, if that was how the team drafted or whatever, like, it would be this, and, like, someone, like, compiled it all, and, like, dra- like everyone was just, sh- like, m- most of the people were shit. Like, I know the Ravens, especially, for his, for, it was just, like, Jermaine, Gresham, and a bunch of other guys for the first round, that yeah, was just, like, white. And I I understand the appeal of a mock draft and whatnot, but it's his newest board. He said that the Ravens picked a tight end. Newsflash, history of drafting a tight end in the first round rarely ever pays off. Like, Eric Ebron last year, hands of stone. That was the biggest thing with him. I mean, I hate uh, judging a guy by his first year, but it doesn't look good. The last time a tight end worked in the first round was Vernon Davis in 06. Like, give me a break. And As
1: as we're talking about the Combine, the Oakland Raiders on Facebook literally post, the quarterbacks ran the 40-yard dash at the Combine today. Watch Derek Carr run his 4.69 in 2014.
0: That's what I mean. That's all it is. It's just you make money off of the, the Combine because people do stuff like that, too. It's like you compare it to this guy and to that guy. And, mm. Ugh just, it just gets me. I don't know. I just hate the combine. <clears throat> I hate the combine. I hate mock drafts. I hate it all. The only, just, the I, only just... mock draft that I hold, on, let me get this out. I, the only mock draft that I kind of like is Walter Football's draft because it's somewhat competent. I say that very loosely, because it actually knows what a team's weaknesses are and it goes by that. So, Alright, I'm done. I'm done. done.
1: or not even sports, preparing to play a sport, preparing to draft players to play the sport, basically. Uh, Like, the NFL draft is interesting just because everybody turns it into a big joke, but that's the only reason I... The best
0: part about any draft is when they boo the commissioner.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the best part, obviously like or when Jets orwin Jets fans boo their first round pick every year
0: it was from what I remember it wasn't that bad last year
1: what booing C- Goodell
0: no the the jets fans booing.
1: oh well they don't care anymore that's the <laughs> thing once they get like a little glimmer of hope they're gonna care a little bit more but no they're done um
0: uh, yeah but it's just like it was like David's well, not David, yeah David Stern last year. Or, yeah, it was. La- I think it was last year where he like, he, like he was is his last thing, and everyone like booed him as a, like because that's what everyone does is they boo David Stern. So.
1: Oh, his last year as the, the commissioner, commissioner
0: for the. It was his last draft before Adam Silver took over.
1: Yeah, I love Adam Silver. I think he's the best. Ba- oh, the com- I think he's the best commissioner in sports right now, because he handled the. Um, I don't even remember the guy's name the owner for the clippers situation like really well who's i don't know see i don't remember his name that's how great he handled it
0: fuck um
1: donald sterling
0: that's it yeah
1: there you go he handled the Don- <laughs> the donald sterling thing like amazingly and um and I'm, I'm a big fan of adam silver so far
0: the, the the argument the, the the debate I always like is who you who everyone thinks is the worst commissioner because I always hear it between Goodell, Hockey. I don't know his name, but he's had like was it like has it been like three lockouts in his tenure?
1: The NHL one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Crap. It's Gary Gary Bettman.
0: Yeah, Bettman. That's it.
1: Yeah, there's been like two or three lockouts since he's been in. He is the worst commissioner in sports, in my opinion. Actually, he's tied with Goodell because Goodell's has handled the concussion scandal horribly. He's handled like every single scandal horribly. And I don't know why he is the commissioner of the NFL anymore. If you want a reason to hate Roger Goodell, go on Netflix and watch The League of Denial. It's a um, – it's a – Oh my god! I'm so dumb. It's, it's a dumb. Docu- It's a documentary about about the concussion scandal of the NFL and how poorly Roger Goodell has handled it ever since becoming the commissioner of the NFL. And it makes me hate the NFL and not want to support any of its teams. <laughs> but I still, but I still kind of do. Yeah, whatever. Uh,
0: serious topics make
1: my head hurt. <sighs> yep.
0: Uh, all right, I think that is it for our show. Anything else you want to say before we uh, roll with the outro and we plug shameless shameless plug ourselves?
1: Um, no, I think that's all.
0: All right, um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the underscore other parody. You can find my colleague here, Connor, at Connor on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the official Between Two Birds Twitter account at Between Two, is thats is that two with a two?
1: Yeah, it's the number two. Okay,
0: okay number two, birds. We don't put, uh, Connor is supposed to be in charge of that, but.
1: <laughs> I will post the link to the episode when I get it, sir.
0: So. <laughs> um, you can follow that for any updates with the show or whatnot, or you can just follow us, we'll probably talk about it. Um believe that's it. It is uh February twenty-first, as we've said, and we will see you guys whenever we see you guys. We're not on official schedule. We're, we tried to do bi-weekly because there's not much to talk about as of late. But yeah, this
1: February is the most boring month of the year, so
0: always. Um. All right, and I'm, that's it. We will talk to you guys, or talk. We will speak to you guys later. See ya.